back to the Mindful Belly Don't Eat Your Feelings podcast. I'm your host, Ellie Rome, and today I'm psycho. I got to interview Jordan Winshower from Base Culture. So Base Culture is one of my favorite paleo brands, and they make possibly the best nutty pumpkin bread in the world. And they also make tons of other paleo-baked goods. So things like banana bread, they make keto and paleo sliced bread, sandwich bread, and almond butter, and a lot of other things. So check them out. And in this episode, we dive into Jordan's journey, how she started this company, and what it's grown into, which is so incredibly inspiring. So I'm really excited to have gotten to speak to her. And just quick pre-intro, if you aren't familiar with paleo. So paleo is, I like to call it a way of life, but it, it, not a diet, but it is a way of eating. And it's basically eating real food. So meat, vegetables, whole fruit, nuts, seeds, healthy fats, like coconut oil and avocados, and really getting away from processed foods, away from the standard American diet. So paleo is completely free of gluten, dairy, grains, soy, legumes, processed oils, like, like soybean oil, veggie oils. And this is what I adopted, this way of life I adopted about six and a half years ago, and it completely changed my health. And I was experiencing autoimmune issues, thyroid issues, digestive issues. I gained a bunch of weight. And even within 30 days of, of adopting a paleo diet, it completely transformed everything, which is what launched me into this health coaching space. So now that I, help, I like helping people do the same thing, figure out what's right for their bodies and how to move away from a standard American diet and make it sustainable. And that's why I'm so thankful for brands like Base Culture who make it so much easier to do this for people to, to help people transition from, you know, eating a bunch of sugar and, you know, very palatable foods to, to eating healthy without feeling so deprived of the things that they love. And so it's so nice to be able to, you know, if you eat a sandwich every day, to be able to still have bread once in a while and keep it in your freezer and just have it for grab and go or things like the banana bread for breakfast, like an easy breakfast. Like, so I love base culture because they make it not only convenient, but delicious. And yeah, so check them out if you haven't already at baseculture.com or follow them at baseculture and get ready to listen to the show. All right, here we go. Hi, Jordan. Good morning. Good morning. How are you? I'm good. Thank you. Thank you so much for being here today. Of course. Of course. I'm excited. Yay. So if we can start with just a little bit about who you are and about your company. Definitely. So let's see. I started, um, I started Base Culture really about seven years ago in my apartment. Um, it was August right after I had graduated from college. And so we're just coming up next month will be seven years. And um, I really started this because I joined a CrossFit gym and did a paleo challenge with them and um, really found out that I loved this lifestyle and I loved everything that went along with it, the way I felt, the fact that I didn't need a cup of coffee in the middle of the day, the fact that I slept through the night. And so I saw this big lifestyle shift that I truly enjoyed. So it really wasn't about a weight loss situation for me or anything like that. It was just an overall uh, energetic level that I saw a difference in and that I wanted to continue exploring. 
Uh, however, I've got a really big sweet tooth and I wanted a brownie. <laughs> and um, I wanted, you know, an easy breakfast that I didn't have to get up early to make on my way to work. And, you know, something pre-made like banana bread and, and things that I grew up eating and, and knowing. So I um, started well, I tried to buy it and initially. I tried to go into like the publixes of the world because I, I live in Florida and um, and Whole Foods and, and try to find something that satisfied what I was looking for that was also paleo, but it really didn't exist. And so from there, you know, I just really started doing a lot of research and, you know, I'm not gluten intolerant. I don't have celiac disease or anything like that, but I'm really detail oriented, which probably you know, at that time, I didn't need to be so detail oriented, but um, because it became a business, I'm glad I was. Uh, but I, I really dug in and, and tried to figure out what, what baking would look like in the paleo realm and how do you make bread out of almonds and how do you use honey instead of sugar and use the substitutes that would qualify as paleo, but in the traditional um, baked goods and snacks. So uh, like I said, you know, I, I really did it for my own selfish wants and desires. And so I, uh, I, I made it taste really good. You know, I didn't want it just to be like good for gluten-free or good for paleo. I wanted it to be really good and something that I could look forward to eating and not just like, you know, kind of just check off a box, but something that was delicious. So um, I didn't go to school for, you know, culinary or baking or anything like that. I went to school, um, I graduated with a public, public relations degree, and my goal was to be an event planner. I, and so I guess now I plan a lot of events in a different way, but <laughs> um, with, you know, not going to culinary school or having a background in baking, other than what I did with my mom in the kitchen growing up, uh, it took me about six months to try and figure out these recipes um, that I enjoyed. So lots of trial and error, lots of burnt things that tasted terrible. <laughs> um, but, you know, I did figure it out and I figured out how to do a brownie, a banana bread and granola, which for me, that was uh, what I needed to sustain the paleo lifestyle because I could manage doing the meals in between those different um, eating occasions. And so I had banana bread and for breakfast, uh, which was great because I, you know, didn't have to wake up. Like I said, I was just, you know, just cut off a slice and had to work. And then I had um, granola as a snack throughout the day. Uh, and then I had my brownie at night if I wanted a dessert. And so everything else was really streamlined uh, and it was going really well. And, um, you know, all of my intentions was to actually stop at that point. I, I had really no thought of taking it any further or developing it into a business uh, until I had um, my friends at the CrossFit gym told me that, you know, they would pay me if I made this product for them. And, you know, it's like, that's fantastic. Let's, let's do that. <laughs> I'm making it anyway, you know, like I'll just throw some extra ingredients in and, and make more. And, you know, it just kind of started that way and took one step at a time, put one foot in front of the other. I you know, still continue to do that today, uh, but that's really how the business was launched. And so from there, I um, created a Facebook page for the business and would post online when I was going to make anything. And then people would comment underneath my post and say, yes, I want one batch or two batches or whatever they would like. And then uh, I would make it for them at night and then deliver it to them on the weekend. So I still had a regular 
eight to five job that I would go to. And then I would work out from 5.30 to 6.30 and then I would start baking. So um, as demand grew, I was, you know, baking later and later into the night or, or earlier and earlier into the morning. <laughs> and um, it got to a point where I was up until like 3 a.m. like grinding almonds and my poor roommate was like, you cannot do that. Like, <laughs> please don't. <laughs> But, um, you know, I left her like some banana bread on the counter and she was fine with it. So <laughs> we got through it, but, um, you know, demand grew really rapidly and, and it was really exciting. And at, at that point I, I noticed that there were some news anchors from a lo local news channel following me on Facebook. And so I reached out and I said, you guys want to do a story? You know, I figured if you don't ask, you'll, you won't get kind of thing. So I just put it out there and, and hoped that they would respond. And um, one of them did and said, yes, uh, I'm very interested. Come in. And um, they did a story. It was wonderful. It aired for, it was like a five minute segment and um, it aired in, in Tampa. That's where I'm from. And that's what they said it would happen. And uh, it did and was great but they also put it in their network pool and it actually played multiple times all over the country because their like companies picked it up. And so it was, you know, such a unexpected <laughs> um, push forward for me and the company because, you know, we, well, I wasn't ready for anything like national news coverage um, or prepared to, to do that. So it was definitely a step forward for, for me and, and made me really look into what is the next step look like and, and how do I accomplish that? Because at that time I was operating under the cottage food law, which means you can only sell direct to consumer. So I could sell it to you and hand you the food directly, but I couldn't ship it to you and I couldn't sell it to a retail store. So that was kind of the limiting factor around um, how I was producing it because I was making it in my apartment. And so <clears throat> and to um, be able to sell retail and to be able to ship, I had to find a commercial space that was certified and, you know, approved by FDA and everything like that. And so I, um, I actually, at that point, I went to lunch with my dad and I sat down with him and I was like, you know, this is what I'm doing. This is what I see. How, you know, how do you think I should move forward? And, and he's really entrepreneurial himself and um he had his business he started uh, i think it was like 32 years ago um he sold it when it was 27 years old but he started in his garage um he was he's a geophysicist by trade so not so much in the food world but um very like businessman uh and very very smart in regards to that kind of stuff so i sat down with him and um he was like well you're have a hobby and a business and you're doing both poorly. I was like, <laughs> okay, <laughs> got it. Uh, you know, thank you for the, your honest feedback. <laughs> uh, and, you know, I truly, you know, after you, know, you take a step back, I was spending way too much time on my hobby and just not enough time on my business. And I needed to decide what way I wanted to go with this. So at that point, you know, I already knew that my heart was, in this a hundred percent you know I could see the difference I was making in people's lives I could you know not only see the white space in the industry uh, because this didn't exist uh, that there's so much opportunity for it um, but that people were calling me saying like you know you you've you've made it so my son could have a brownie for the first time in his life you know like things like that just you know 
there's no question that I was like, oh, I've got to continue. Like I'm helping people, um, you know, in, in the baked goods world. <laughs> and so uh, with that, I started looking for a commercial space and found one in Clearwater, Florida, um, which is actually really close to where we're located today, which is kind of ironic. But um, it was just a space that was in a commercial kitchen that we could rent space from and um, then have the certifications that I needed to do ship and sell retail. And at that point, I hired our first baker. So it got me out of the kitchen, which was a good thing, and um, in selling to, to stores, and that freed up my time to really grow the business. Um, and so that's what I did. I started going around, knocking on doors, every door I possibly could, uh, any phone call I could make, I, I did. I took whatever steps I could to get the, get the name of base culture out there and spent about six months doing that, um, really just with independent stores. So like your mom and pop's mom and pop shops and um, natural stores that you didn't need an appointment um, to go pitch your product. You could just basically walk in and say, here's what I have to offer. What do you think? Do you want to put it on your shelf? Great. Here, you know, sign here. And that was it. And so that's, you know, I didn't have any kind of industry background. And so that's all I really knew how to do. Um, but about, let's see, it was about six months after, oh, I think my light just went out. Hold on. There we go. Okay. <laughs> it's like motion censored. Uh, <laughs> um, and so about six months after I did that, I, uh, I was like, well, how do I get these products in Whole Foods? How do I get these products into Publix? You know, how do we take that step? Um, because, you know, I, I wanted to continue growing it. And I still saw that there was opportunity in these larger chains to really grab hold of that market share. And so I found a conference called ECRM, which it's, it's like basically speed dating for business. And um, I, you fill out a profile beforehand and the companies, uh, like the, the retail companies fill out a profile beforehand. And essentially, if you both like each other, you get to meet. <laughs> and so um, there was 120 companies attending and I matched with 90 of them. And then I had... So I had 90 10-minute meetings in three days. It was like a crazy whirlwind. Um, but it, it was completely um, a make-it-or-break-it type of situation for me because I was like, I need to know if this concept could be validated in the, this larger retail market or not because I'm 22. I don't want to climb this uphill mountain like my entire life if it, there's no end to it or if it's not going to work. And so I just need an answer like yes or no. And so at that point, um, you know, I, I kind of went in and just put everything on the table and was like, well, what do you think? And I had every single company saying, yes, this is amazing. I want to buy it. And so I was like, yay, but like, wow, how am I going to do this? <laughs> because, you know, again, it was like another push forward for the company that I wasn't necessarily anticipating. Um, of course, it was the best possible outcome it could have asked for. Uh, but it was just me and one baker and two ovens. And, you know, we had orders from these huge retail chains that we wouldn't be able to produce enough for. Uh, so at that point, I, um, I got a consultant involved and I was like, well, you know, how do we take this next step? What is this next step or what does it look like? And um, they were like, well, usually companies your size find a co-packer. 
and then someone else makes your food for you and then you just have to worry about selling your food they make it and they ship it you you sell it and that's really the business model of like this next step forward for um, companies in this industry so that made sense to me so I, I um, hired another specialist that uh, was supposed to be like the expert in that that a space and and know all of the co-packers in the country so you know, I gave them a rundown of exactly what I was doing and how I was doing it, what kind of products I expected and what certifications that I wanted, uh, which were non-GMO, gluten-free, paleo, kosher, and uh, made an SQF level two facility, which is just all around, it's SQF stands for safe quality food. And so it's all about just like the safety of production from start to finish uh, and guaranteeing that to the customer. Um, but I came up empty handed and, and that was like nine months of looking with this specialist. And, you know, they were like, well, two problems. One, there isn't a company or there isn't a co-packer in the whole country that can make the products the way you're making them because it's so specialized. It's so unique to the industry. They all have their processes set up. And if your process, if your product doesn't fit with their process, so instead of going ABC, if your product goes, a Z blue, you know, that doesn't work. <laughs> and so, um, and, and their manufacturing plant isn't set up to, to change how they're doing things right now. So they can't accommodate for what you want. If you want to change your products and you want them to make a different way, you know, and, and fit it to what their mold looks like, then there's a possibility they can do it. But I was like, that's not what people want. That's not what's unique about my products. If I change it, then it's just another item on the shelf that's already there so like that didn't make sense to me and then you know another another issue was that there wasn't a, a facility in the country that had as many certifications that I wanted and so like I didn't want to sacrifice the quality and integrity of the products and be out on the shelf with something that I couldn't say that's a hundred percent safe with our name on it so it's like, those are two really big issues. I can't move forward with that. Uh, so the only way for us to take this next step is to build our own plant. So with that, I uh, really didn't think twice about it, which I think in this case, ignorance is bliss. Um, because I think <laughs> knowing what I know now about everything we've gone through, I don't think I would have done it. <laughs> um, because there's, it's just, it's so difficult. I mean, we we started looking for a plant um, when we only had a hundred stores and and those hundred stores those were like individual natural stores there weren't big chains at all so you know we didn't have a lot of income coming in um and i didn't realize how tricky this industry was you know i thought i was like oh i have a good product i can sell it to the store and they'll put it on the shelf and it will be great like that's that was my full understanding of what was going on back then um which again i think you know allowed me to kind of take this next step and build a plant um which we had to get an sba loan uh, luckily we were able to uh, put family money up and and pay for the plant outright and so we we bought a facility it's 44,000 square feet. Uh, we had to start construction on it, which took two and a half years, uh, which was a huge delay of the business. And um, but during that time, I continued to go out and foster relationships, especially those ones that I made at that conference and continue saying like, 
these are the products, uh, you know, this is what's coming, this is what the facility looks like, you know, just stay interested. Don't go buy something else, please. Like, <laughs> you know, one day we will be able to make this for you, I promise. Which, you know, was a very interesting pitch. You know, no one, no one wants to just be like, okay, yes, but I'm not gonna, I'm gonna wait. You know, they want it now, of course, everyone wants it now. So luckily um, people waited and, we moved into our facility in February of 2017. From February until July, we got those certifications. So the plant was fully operational. And, and it, it also took a while, like, you know, probably that whole time to um, graduate from a small commercial space to a large one because the operations and production processes changed drastically. So working the kinks out and, and getting production, you know, instead of making 50 loaves of bread at a time, making 500 loaves of bread at a time, it's just a, a different um, process that has to take place. So, um, like I said, we kind of got up and running between February and July. In July, we hired a national brokerage team. So essentially, they would go out and, and sell our products for us. Um, which was a, definitely a step in the right direction in, in regards to getting the products on the shelves in a national way. And then in um, August and September of 2017, we went through a rebranding. So we revamped the way the company looked, the packaging, the website, social media, everything like that. And, and so really we didn't launch officially until October of 2017. So you know, while we've been around for about two years, like we've really only been in the marketplace for about, I'm sorry, we've really only been in the marketplace for about two years, but I started the company seven years ago. So it had this like long lead time building up and getting to a place where we could actually get into the marketplace and, and have market share. So in October, like I said, we were only in about a hundred stores. And um, by the end of by the end of 2017, we were in a thousand stores. By the end of 20, 2018, <laughs> we were in about five thousand doors, and today we're almost in 7,500. So you know we continue to grow quickly, um, which is exciting and, and also hard. <laughs> uh, you know because we we do our own production. We keep everything in house from sourcing ingredients to shipping the products out to, to the customers. And so um, with rapid growth, there's always rapid change. And it's almost like we're running two businesses um, with the, the manufacturing side of things as well as with the sales and branded side of things. So it's um, been like a horse race <laughs> because, you know, operations need sales to go push, but when sales pushes, operations needs to catch up. And so it's kind of like this cart before the horse situation. Um, but it's, it's been an interesting journey. And, um, you know, just recently, we've been able to hire some, some more experts in the field that have given us the, the knowledge and experience that they've had because they've been in this industry for a long time. So we hired a VP of operations, a VP of sales, and um, we're bringing on a COO in uh, August, so next month, that they, they've done this before and they've seen this, the, the growth cycle of businesses. I mean, they've been where we've been before and they've taken businesses you know, much further. And so it's, it gives me so much hope um, because you know, not knowing that I didn't have industry experience and I've gotten the company to where we are you know, with the team that was around me, knowing that now that we do have the expertise, it's gonna be just even that much better. 
So that pretty much takes us up to today. <laughs> oh my gosh, we got my mic open. Yeah, this, is, this is incredible. I'm so inspired. Oh, thank you. <laughs> so how, what do you think, like where you are today, just how far you've come? How, how does that compare to like when you started making bread? Like, did you ever think that you'd be where you are right now? Oh my gosh, no. I had no no thought, you know, dream, intention, I have no way, shape or form thought <laughs> um, that it would ever be in this position, which is exciting and terrifying and <laughs> everything else under the sun. But, uh, you know, it's, I just continue to, to put one foot in front of the other. And every day, you know, my dad and I joke because my dad's now a business partner. Um, he, after he sold his business, he's become a director of base culture. So we work together every day, which has been a wonderful experience um, for our relationship as well. Uh, of course, there's always, uh, you know, trying times. <laughs> but, um, you know, we've gotten so much closer uh, in that regards. But it's been a, a really interesting journey. Um, and we say, you know, it's the highest highs and lowest lows because you experience and you feel everything that happens like to your core like you feel like if there's a big win like it's the best feeling of the, in the world but you know the the very next minute something terrible can happen <laughs> and so like you go from all the way up here to like way down here and it's like this roller coaster of just like how do you stay even because it's like it could shift any any second of any day because that's kind of like a startup. You know, you don't know what's going to happen. You don't know what's going to be thrown your way. Uh, a lot of this is uncharted territory, um, but in that regards, it's exciting. So it's it's yeah, crazy. <laughs> yeah. And what do you think you've ha like had to been able to do to like to be able to stay in it, like even with the lows? I think just having the mentality of never giving up. Um, you know, there's been, there've been very, very dark days. Yeah. I'm not going to lie. You know, like nothing that we haven't been able to work through, obviously, like we're still, we're still doing really well and everything is going great. But when you're in those times of, of tribulation, I guess, it's just a matter of not, not letting yourself get consumed by it. Um, because there's like a certain level of, of darkness <laughs> that, um, you know, you can, you can kind of go into where it's like, there's like, why am I doing this? You know? And you, you ask yourself those questions. Um, but I think in order to continue going forward, it's like, okay, let's look at the facts. This happened. It sucks. What are the next steps forward? Because if I just sit here and wallow in how bad this sucks, like it's not going to get better. So let's look at next steps. Let's look at how do we maintain? How do we manage? How do we move forward? How do we learn from this? And how do we not do it again? And, um, you know, we've had, we had a lot of those trying times, you know, earlier in the company because we were growing so rapidly. We didn't have the expertise in place that we do now. I didn't have the team around me that we do now. Um, so now, like, those instances are getting fewer and farther between, which is great. Um, but you know, of course with, with having a larger company, there's different challenges. So there's always going to be challenges. So I think just, just not letting yourself be consumed by, by that, you know, it's kind of like you're, you're fighting dragons every day and, and you just have to be able to 
stay above it and like, okay, what's going to happen tomorrow? <laughs> like, yeah. Yesterday is the past. Let's look forward. Let's continue to keep going. And, and it's just a matter of not giving up. And on the really, really dark days, you just kind of have to close the computer and walk away because there's really no positive thing that can come of it. So it's like, let's get in a better headspace. Let's get a better mentality and then we'll move forward. Oh, thank you for that. That is yeah. so powerful. And I'm so, I'm so inspired by you. So I want to, <laughs> <laughs> I want to ask you more, I guess, dive back into like, even like in the product development, like went back in the days when you were starting this, like what, what kind of things were you trying and what, like, what, why did you go with the ingredients that you went with? So I really started really simple. You know, I like Googled, what is paleo? Yeah. <laughs> It was like, okay, here are the details. You know, you can put meat, vegetables, seeds, and nuts, and fruit. So these are my five parameters. And how do I make a brownie out of that? And so, you know, looking at the base, so like a flour, you know, at that time, this was like seven years ago, they had a lot of like gluten-free flours, but everything, so everything that is paleo is also gluten-free, but everything that is gluten-free is not necessarily paleo. So, you know, there's like rice flours that are gluten-free, but that doesn't qualify as paleo. So I had to establish, you know, what kind of parameters I wanted around my product. So when I was like, well, I wanted it to be a hundred percent paleo, um, because like paleo is this big, um, gluten-free is this big, and then just natural eating is this big. So if I satisfy the needs for this um, circle of gluten or of paleo eaters, then I can also satisfy this larger circle of natural eaters. And so, um, you know, with that, I was like, all right, so I've got meat. I'm not going to put meat in, in baked goods. So yeah. <laughs> that's out. <laughs> Vegetables, probably not. Like there are some like zucchini breads out there, but I was like, that's just way above my pay grade. So I got to the seeds and nuts and I was like, well, I, I know there's almond flour, which was that, that was the biggest one around that and coconut flour at the time. And um, I was like, okay, I, I can make almond flour in my Vitamix. So I'll buy almonds, I'll make flour out of that and we'll see how that goes. And it was just a lot of trial and error. I mean, I, I tried to use coconut flour as well, um, but I found that coconut flour is really dense and um, it has a really strong coconut taste, which I know people love coconut. I'm not a huge coconut fan, um, but it was also just like a texture thing. Like if you bit into it, it like made you want to go like this. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it was like, yeah, not, not very compelling. Whereas like the almond flour was a lot smoother. Um, it had an easier taste of just like a more neutral taste. And so it was just a lot of trial and error and uh, a lot of error, but I was like, okay, you know, this one wasn't so great. You know, let's try a different tactic. Um, you know, I actually started making the brownies in a crock pot, you know, which is like super strange. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, you know, I, um, thought because it was, uh, such a different ingredient base with the nuts and then instead of flour, that I needed to bake it with, you know, an even playing field of um, the bottom surface. So putting it in a crock pot might create a better texture for the, the almonds when they're baked. I have no idea where I got that from, <laughs> but it made sense to me at the time. And I was like, oh, sure. But then, you know, like 
I put parchment paper down on the inside of the crock pot. And then of course, like the outside brownies are all like crinkly because of the paper. <laughs> it's <looks> terrible. <laughs> so, you know, you, we grew, we figured things out. I mean, and then when I hired my uh, baker, who my, she's still a part of the team today, she's the head of our R&D. Um, she was the only person that responded to my ad, I think it was like on Craigslist. And I was like, I need a baker. Uh, making paleo baked goods and she came in she's like I have no idea what paleo is I am a baker you know I've been a pastry chef um, for years and I, I know that inside and out but I don't know what paleo is I was like well if I can figure it out you can figure it out and so you know I'll teach you what I know but like this is all you and um, and she truly came in and just revamped some recipes that I had created like that we still have our, our brownie, which is actually our best seller. And that was the first product I created, but you know, she really made it phenomenal, uh, which so grateful for her. And, and she continues to come up with just amazing recipes every day, which is fun for me now because I'm like, Oh, what, what are we going to sample today? <laughs> um, and so she, she really came in and, and put the expertise into the process that we were missing. Okay. Well, yeah, your products are unreal. Like the pumpkin bread was the first thing I tried and it was okay. so good. I used Sorry. to get pumpkin bread at Starbucks like a long time ago. So I've been paleo for like six years, but that was my go-to. I'd go to Starbucks and get the pumpkin bread. Like y'all's is better. And like, they're <laughs> good, but it was just like, wow, this is incredible. And so, oh my, like, I'm That's so great. Um, thank you. Yeah. It's, um, you know, like I said before, we didn't want something that was just like good for, for gluten-free or, or because, you know, that's kind of the stigma around healthy eating. Like it's, it's like a sacrifice, you know, people look at it as a way of, um, like a short solution to, to what they're doing. And that's why people are like, are you hundred percent paleo? When they ask me, I'm like, I'm not, I'm not hundred percent paleo. I travel so much for work. I'm constantly going to conferences if I was 100% paleo, I would have to meal prep prior to leaving my house and, and, you know, take care of that on the road when I have multiple meetings a day. And it's just, it's not possible for me. Some people might be able to do it, but it's just not something that I can maintain. And so I'm not, you know, and I'm okay with it because that's, that works for my lifestyle. And that's what I tell people all the time. I'm like, if you are specifically on a diet for 30 days, you can be really, really, really good for those 30 days. But as time continues, you're not going to be able to maintain that level of focus on what you're eating unless, unless that's what you do every day. If that is where your head is and, and you are one of those people that are just like super strongly opinionated about it, my opinion is you ebb and flow. And as your life changes, your diet changes. And so you have to kind of work towards a solution that is manageable and sustainable for your lifestyle. So I tell people, I'm like hundred percent paleo, 80% of the time, you know, yeah. and that works for me. And I have the products that we create here. Like we just launched our keto bread, which is also paleo and, and everything else. And I literally have two slices of that bread every single morning with like a huge thing of butter on it. And it's like the best thing in the world. <laughs> yes. I love this. <laughs> So it's like, you know, and that's for me, what I'm able to sustain, especially like being on the road so much. Like I said, it's just so difficult to um, be so strictly on it, but it's really funny. Like I'll go to conferences and people will be like, 
oh, you're the paleo girl. What are you going to eat? I was like, I'm going to eat the food they gave me because I'm also human. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Thank you for sharing that. That's huge. And like have that ebb and flow mentality. But like the fact that I'm just so grateful for your products because I am gluten intolerant and I have my, like the first three months when I found out I was, and I found out a bunch of other stuff I was intolerant to, I did go to the, the gluten-free baked goods. And I did that for three months. Yeah. There's so much sugar and there's so many refined grains and like things that I was still reacting to because I was cross-reacting with like sorghum flour and like all this stuff. And I didn't have any relief till I went full, full, well, I did whole 30 and then paleo. And then, so products like yours, like I've recommend them to all of my clients because I work with a lot of people with autoimmune issues and that they can't, totally. like they need to be off completely. And so it's like right. something to have in like to grab and go with um, like so many of my clients eat your banana bread or your um, pumpkin bread for breakfast, just cause it's so easy. That's and I'm awesome. like, pair it with some it's almond butter easy. and y'all sell almond butter too, right? Right. Yeah. We have five flavors of almond butter. So we have our original maple, gingerbread, cinnamon, and then we just launched a chocolate espresso. Oh my gosh. I need to try those. That's awesome. That's phenomenal. My favorite. Oh, the chocolate espresso is super good. Um, and it's new. So it's like up there for me right now, but my like go-to is the gingerbread. It's so good. That sounds Yeah. And then also like your slice. Oh, sorry. No, I was just going to say that's the, that's the thing though, because like you said, it's so convenient. It's easy for your, your clients to just eat it. It's already made. And really it's cheaper for them to buy our stuff than to make it themselves because of the ingredient cost of the, the, what we're putting in there. It's expensive, um, you know, because we make so much food, we're able to buy in bigger bulk. And so we're able to keep the cost down. And, and so it's more affordable. Um, but if, you know, you were to make it on your own, it's not only your time, but um, the energy you have to put into yeah, doing it totally. and the expense of it. So, you know, just trying to simplify the process for, for people like that. Totally. And, and same with like your sandwich bread too. Just having, like, I know so many people want, it's hard for people like coming off the standard American diet that eat sandwiches every day to just be like, okay, cool. What am I going to do for lunch? Like that's so mindless right. and easy to make a sandwich. So to right. have that like lateral swap where it's like, you don't have to feel deprived and you exactly like, yeah, and you're not gonna feel like crap after lunch. <laughs> like you're like, right. You know, <laughs> ingredients not gonna totally. spike your blood sugar and stuff. Totally, and and you know that's like our our goal. It's like okay, let's take traditionally consumed products like sliced bread and make it healthy, and and we'll do that by um, not only keeping it paleo but gluten free and made with ingredients everyone knows like there's no like let me google what this means like it's almonds you know it's easy like in our in our original almond butter it literally the only ingredient is almonds like and that's how it should be in my opinion you know if if that's what you're selling we don't put those stabilizers or like um the palm oils or synthetic oils in in the product it's you're buying almond butter my expectation of that would be I want to eat almonds and you know if I'm buying cinnamon almond butter I want cinnamon and almonds <laughs> so yes. we just really do try to keep it simple and that's what we tell you know we want to provide people the tools they need to live this healthy lifestyle we don't want to make it complicated and that's like the whole purpose behind the name of base culture it's bringing everything back to its base and so like 
as nature intended, uh, what it was found, you know, by the hunter and gatherers, which is kind of like the story of paleo, bringing it back like a banana bread back to that foundation, taking all of the complications, all of the additives, preservatives, chemicals, take it out and just take it back to where it was um, then in the Paleolithic timeframe and create something new with it. And so, and, and the culture part of base culture is like, this is something uh, that we want to create. We want to create the culture, the tribe of customers and followers around the products we've created. So that's kind of like the meaning behind base culture. Oh, I'm glad you shared that. Yes. I yeah. Love that. Oh. oh, I think my light turned out again. There we go. <laughs> <laughs> so, what do you think? I'm like sitting at my desk all day. <laughs> <laughs> what do you think you're like, what is your favorite? product that y'all have like what do you eat regularly I kind of go like up and down um because we have so many products and you know, I'll just eat something for a long time and then change it up and so right now like I said the keto bread's definitely up there for me uh, I definitely have at least two slices a day uh as toast in the morning or like avocado toast or a sandwich or something um of that nature uh and then the blondie right now is definitely one of my favorites um you know it's same kind of dessert type product that satisfies any kind of craving um, that I have. So I think I would say those two right now are my go-tos, but I mean, I change it about, about every month. <laughs> <laughs> I got you. Oh, thank you. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, yeah. Um, yeah. It's what really you funny. Like uh, our, our people downstairs, they're they'll put like a package together and they're like, Oh, you're switching it up. You're switching up. Okay. <laughs> Your habits. <laughs> yeah. Oh, and have you, it's so cool that you've been able to create this team. Like, so it started with you and the baker and then like your dad as kind of like a side consultant. Yep. And then, yeah. So it was really yeah, us three for a long time. And I actually, I have uh, eight brothers and sisters that um, are all from the same family, like, you know, same mom and dad. It's not a blended family. It's just my parents love children. And um, <laughs> when I was um, actually when, so, so I'm, I just turned 29. I have 10 year old brothers and sisters. They're twins. So I'm the second oldest and everyone else is, is younger. Um, but when I had started this company, the, um, the family was such a, a key component to helping me get off the ground. I mean, there were countless days. I remember the first day in, um, in our commercial kitchen that we rented space from that I, I had an order of like 300 muffins because we were doing muffins at the time. We don't do them anymore, but um, I, it was like 300 muffins. Okay, I'm going to this kitchen. It'll be fine. I've never been to a commercial kitchen before in my life. I have no idea how to work these ovens. I've, I've made muffins in my kitchen in my apartment, but like not here. I totally screwed up. Like I only brought brought um, a dozen eggs. Like I needed like 18 <laughs> dozen eggs, like not 12. <laughs> I had like barely enough ingredients to make half of, you know, anything else. And um, no idea how to even turn the air conditioning on. And we're in Florida and it's super hot, of course. And it was like dead summer and it was like oh, sweating wow. my butt off in this commercial kitchen. And I remember sitting on the floor. I called my mom. It was like 6 a.m. because I was like, bakers wake up early. I've got to get in there early. It's like, 
Like, there's no <laughs> logical reason behind any of this. Um, and so I remember sitting on the floor, it was like 6 a.m. in the kitchen, and I called my mom and was like, you know, I don't think this is for me. I don't think this is, like, what I'm going to do. Like, this is way over my head. How am I supposed to make 300 muffins? Like, I could not even comprehend it. And um, she was like, you know, it's going to be fine. You have a lot of brothers and sisters for a reason. I'm going to wake them all up and we're going to come over there and help you. And so it's like, okay, can you stop by Publix and get some eggs and honey and flour? I was like, did you bring anything? <laughs> no, I didn't. Um, but, you know, they are there and, and they've continued to stay by my side through the whole process. And actually today, um, my sister, who's 23, she is um, our sales girl for independent stores. So she manages all of our independent sales around the country, which is like about 800 stores. And um, my brother, he does our uh, social media. And so he's a photographer, videographer, and manages everything on social. That's and, incredible. Uh, so yeah, like, you know, it's really cool to be able to keep you know, them involved along the way. And then my brother, who's 16, actually, he just turned 17. Um, he is still in high school, so he comes on the summer and brings a couple of his friends and does some hours during the summer in the packaging department. And so, um, you know, having every, everyone's support, especially um, from the family front, is incredible, of course. And, and, you know, we've been in countless situations where we're like, oh, we have a huge order. You know, we need all hands on deck like all hands and so like my brothers and sisters will put the gloves on and you know stand on the floor next to me for countless hours and package whatever we need to do and it's it's incredible so you know not only has the team grown um over time because we have about 60 employees now um from manufacturing to sales marketing um everything like that but, you know, also having the support of family and friends, it's just been, uh, you know, incredible not knowing that I'm not in this alone. Like, you know, I have so many people around me, um, which totally makes a huge difference. Oh my gosh. And how does it feel to be like, you're like the CEO of 60 people. Like, that's amazing. <laughs> <laughs> it's crazy. <laughs> it's wonderful. And, and you know, it's, um, it's, it's such a good feeling the the culture we've created is it's a family um you know i know they all are 100 percent in and they believe in the mission of the company and um yeah they would do anything which you know is, is the best place you could be in absolutely that's incredible and and what if you can share like what is your mission for your company so um so really the mission like i said it's to provide people the tools they need to live that healthy active lifestyle and so um you base culture is really a platform brand and by that i mean we have the ability to continue to evolve and grow with consumers uh, and continue to find solutions for different things that they're looking for so like perfect example is our keto bread you know we initially launched with paleo as our focus but you know, we didn't name the company Jordan's Paleo Bakery because we wanted the ability to expand and have the flexibility to satisfy additional needs because the core of who we are, it's providing the better for you products um, for just overall healthy living. Um, and so with that, you know, it's really just 
looking at what consumers are continuing to grow and gravitate to and seeing how we can fit that in within our um, uh, capabilities. And so really we are super strong in baked goods and snacks and that's, that's where we're living. But you know, in the future, who knows, like we could go into dog food, you know, it's, yeah. it's something we could grow and evolve and just develop different um, segments within base culture that all contribute to this healthy living idea. Absolutely. And I think that's so powerful because there's so much new science coming out. And so like, and there's so like just the trends that flow. And so the fact that you oh, yeah. have keto bread is, is awesome. Um, and what, and if you could describe for people, I guess, what is your, the difference between your paleo bread and your keto bread? So it's all about carb count, uh, carbs and sugars. So, um, really, and, we're, and we've gotten better, I would say, at making the products because, of course, you know, with experience and time, you learn different things about how um, the ingredients go together. And, you know, again, it's like trial and error. Um, but the texture we've created with the keto bread is like what you would feel like the mouthfeel of a, just a regular white bread. So it's like the spongy. It um, has like the holes in it. So it's aerated. You know, like if you look at a, a white piece of bread, there's like little tiny holes all throughout the bread yeah. and, and that has it. So our original paleo bread, um, that's just called our sandwich bread. It's more dense because it's, uh, has like almond butter in it. And it's, it's kind of like a, a cakier texture. Whereas the texture of the new keto bread is like a white traditional bread that you grew up eating. So, you know, there's some, uh, nutritional differences, but there's also, you know, ingredient differences as well but they create an overall textural difference. So it's just different eating occasions. You know, if you want something a little bit more dense or a little bit lighter, you have different options. So awesome. I've done, um, I'm excited to try that. Um, you froze. Oh, are you there? Yeah. Oh, sorry, you froze for a second. You're oh, back okay. now. <laughs> oh, <laughs> I'm psyched to try it. I haven't tried the keto bread, but the other bread I've made, um, french toast with and it's so good oh yeah it's so easy and it's oh yeah it opens so many doors you should try i was just gonna say you should try making french toast out of the um, pumpkin bread just put egg on both sides and throw it on the skillet and it's oh like pumpkin bread french toast it's great oh my gosh that sounds so good i'm gonna do that <laughs> <laughs> well jordan thank you so much and if is where can people find base culture products right now so we are, we're really everywhere. So you can find them obviously on our website, Amazon. If you're an online shopper, we're in Whole Foods. Um, right now we're in the Florida Whole Foods, um, as, but we're in August going to be in all of them. So we're growing uh, That's nationally. huge. I'm so, so excited. I'm in Texas right now. So oh, perfect. yeah. Yeah. And then, so we're also in HEB. We're in Central Market out in Texas. Um, you know, we're in Albertsons nationally. So all of the Albertsons chains like Shaw's and Safeway and those types of stores as well. Uh, we're also in Kroger. We're also in Walmart. Um, a lot of independent stores and natural stores. So really, uh, there's a store website, sorry, there's a store locator on our website. Okay. <laughs> and so you can just go to baseculture.com and type in your area code, and then it'll tell you all the stores that are surrounding you, as well as what products they offer. Okay, amazing. Yeah. And then for listeners, if they are ordering online, how does the, how do the breads come? So um, I believe they're packs of three is the minimum order, because that's like a shipping efficiency for us. 
And, um, and so, but you can choose, you know, the flavors you want and, and whatever, whatever, uh, shipment you have, but we also have the options of bundles. So we put together some different bundles that we see people buying all the time. And then there's like a discount on those types of products. And so I think there's like a paleo starter kit and, um, like a dessert bundle or a breakfast bundle. So different eating occasions, if you're looking really to satisfy those thoughts, um, we have that provided for you, but there's also a subscription service as well that if you want, you know, two or three loaves of bread shipped to you every month, you can sign up and then get a 15% off discount for that too as well. Oh, nice. And y'all, I've gotten the bread and I just keep it in my freezer and it tastes so good even just coming, pulling it out of the freezer and defrosting it. So. Oh yeah, totally. I mean, that's the beauty about our products because they're all made out of seeds and nuts. They don't depreciate in the freezer. So they're great for nine months in the freezer. They're probably even better longer than that, but we say nine months just for a quality standpoint. Um, but yeah, just keep them in the freezer, take them out, put them in the fridge the night before you want to eat them and they'll be perfectly ready for you. Yay. Awesome. Well, if lastly, if you could just give like three pieces of advice for anyone who's trying to improve their health, like what would those be? I would say, um, I would say the three components for what I believe are as, is a healthy way of living would be mind, body and food. So do some meditating, um, you know, take five minutes a day. There's actually an app I'm following right now. Um, it's called 10% happier and it's, um, by what is his name? Dan like this, yeah. Yeah. Dan yeah. Yeah. I was like, I'm blanking, but, um, yeah, I love it. And it's, it's super quick. It's like, literally there are some on there that are five minutes long, but it makes such a big difference. Um, if you get your mind right and then moving your body every day in some shape or form, um, whether it be a 10 minute quick, you know, sprint outside or a 30 minute CrossFit workout or whatever it is, just do something and then just pay attention to what you're eating. Um, you know, you know, what's right for your body and people, make it a little too complicated sometimes, but just keep it simple and, and pay attention and you'll be great. Yay. Thank you. Thank you so much for doing this again. Yeah. And I'm psyched to eat more of your food. Thank <laughs> you. <laughs> awesome. All right. Well, thank you, Jordan. No problem. Thank you. Talk to you later. Bye. Bye.